We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I had to put that little clip up to give myself a nice transition. You know, I had to get me a squig and a little bite of an apple. We appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. This is our prediction show. I'm pretty sure, guys, I'm pretty sure Left is going to want to talk to you guys before the game tomorrow. So I'm just going to go ahead and make the executive decision. We'll probably be up early tomorrow for the pregame show right here on Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube, right? And I'll stream it also on the Instagram page. Go to Instagram and follow us. Go to Twitter X and follow us at Lucky Lefty Pod. You can visit LuckyLeftyPod.com. Left is going to be putting up a story on his conversation with Kenny Minchie. And also, uh, I think he's going to put up some video as well. He had a conversation with Kenny Minchie right around Christmas. And um, if you don't know the backstory, Kenny Minchie wears the number eight at Notre Dame because of Malik Zaire. So they have a special connection. They had a special conversation over the holiday. Malik Zaire is going to give you some tidbits from that conversation. And we're going to wait to drop that probably after the bowl game. After the bowl game on LuckyLuckyPod.com. And it's going to be part of our launch for our Patreon for our Lucky Lucky Podcast After Dark, man. We're going to talk about a lot of things, a lot of things. I see you guys are lighting it up with your five to go in the ring of honor. I cannot wait, man. Cannot wait. Yeah, I'm a Tecmo Bowl head, man. I had to do the Tecmo Bowl transition. And uh, we started it. And we kind of went away from it. But, you know, if you guys like it, I might bring it back. I might bring it back, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the time to show where I would tell left, you know what time it is. But, you know, you guys are my co-hosts tonight. So, LL Nation, you already know what time it is. That's right. What's smoking? What's smoking right now is hot off the press. NFL released its finalists for the 2024 class. And I have to tell you, man, look, if I had to give a grade, a grade for a finalist list, this year's list of finalists might just get an A from me. Like literally, I couldn't find one person on here that I could definitively say, nah, true story, right? Let's start with Antonio Gates, longtime tight end with the then San Diego Chargers, Julius Peppers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Chicago Bears, and the Green Bay Packers, Devin Hester, several teams, but I, you know, he's a bear for life. Torrey Hope, Rams, Reggie Wayne, he was the backup or the two. When Marvin Harrison was senior was there, then he became the main guy for Peyton down in Indianapolis. Andre Johnson, he was the Houston Texans for a long time when they had struggles like Andre Johnson was that dude. And he put up crazy numbers with name his quarterback. Was Matt Schaub his best quarterback during his time with the Texans? I mean, really? Yo, Jared Allen. Minnesota Vikings, like the dude with the lasso, the cowboy hats, the cowboy boots, 69. Yo, he was crazy, man. He was crazy. I saw this guy and I said, yo, I love the way he gave it his all and he walked away from the game. I wish. You know, I don't because I wanted 52 that was walking away from the game at the Super Bowl down in New Orleans. In 13, I believe it was 13. I'm happy he got the championship on the way out the door. But I really wish, and I would have been happy if the other 52 on the side, other side of the field, had walked away with the championship because he was a champion and a super competitor. None other than Patrick Willis, man, linebacker for the 49ers, man. P. Will was a dude for a long time in the middle of that 49ers deep. Man, that fantastic 49ers defense. Yo, salute to P. Will, man. Fred Taylor, he's not just part of the media. Fred Taylor, you check his numbers, right? You know about Keenan McCardle. You know about Mark Brunel. You know about the passing attack they had, right? Jimmy Smith. But that cat Fred Taylor, man, was the foundation of that offense, man. He really was. Everything went as Fred Taylor went, right? And he put in work. 
so underrated for a long time as a running back in NFL. Salute to Fred Taylor. Let me tell you something, man. The white Franny out of Syracuse came in and took the NFL by storm coming off the edge. Ooh, 93 for the Colts. The Colts have two guys on the list. That's actually super dope. I don't really like their owner. But hey, tip of the cap to the two Colts on this list. Darren Woodson. Hey, Boilermaker, Boiler up to all of those that might have gone to Purdue and be Boilermaker fans in the chat or watching the show. Not Darren Woodson. I'm thinking Rob Woodson. Darren Woodson. I mixed him up. Darren Woodson, longtime cowboy. Yo, you talk about 28, him and Washington and what they provided and Brock Marion and what they provided from the safety position for Jimmy Johnson and that legendary cowboy team defensively, right? Darren Woodson was a longtime stalwart on the back end, right? Man, I was locked into that Rod Woodson intro, too. That was a good one. Man, too bad it was Darren Woodson. So, Darren Woodson, man, he deserves it. Congratulations to him. Chicago Heights own Marion Catholic High School, five minutes from the crib where I sit right now. Shout out to 37 San Diego Chargers, New England Patriots. Man, you did not want to see this dude coming across the middle in yesterday's NFL. Rodney Harrison. Shout out to Rodney Harrison, man. C-H-I, baby. Glad to see him get recognized on this finalist list. Jari Evans, man. One of the best interior offensive linemen. So quiet, gentle giant. Man, what he did for that. New Orleans Saints offensive line for years. Man, Eric Allen. Man, you had Jerome Brown. You had the Minister of Defense. Seth Evans. All types of all pros. And Eric, Al- I, Eric Allen was just out there on the island week after week and put in work for the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, and he is... Let me tell you something, man. He is just as good of a guy as he was a football player. Just happened to know him, meet him several times, man. Salute to you, Willie Anderson. Woo! You talking about a big dude. Woo! Willie Anderson, offensive tackle. My brother, man, you put in work. And, yo, shout out to the Bengals, man, for getting somebody on this list. Shout out to him, man. He is, uh, he's to be respected. He really is, man. I don't think people, you know, when you play for the Bengals, man, you kind of get pushed to the background. But, yo, that dude deserves this now help me guys out of that list i gave you can you find anyone definitively that you flat out just say nah nope they don't deserve to go into the hall of fame i can't this is an a a minus at worst list of 15 finalists for the class of 2004 and i'm going to give you my five i think five of these guys make it i'm going to give you my five And I think the others will make it 
because they'll be back on the list next year. But my five that are going to make it this year, without a shadow of a doubt, I think Antonio Gates makes it. I definitely think Andre Johnson makes it. I think Patrick Willis makes it. I think Dwight Freeney makes it. And this is the tough one, man, right? Usually they like to make sure that an offensive lineman gets in. So for the fifth guy, I think I think it comes down to Willie Anderson. I think there's going to be a huge push for Devin Hester to get in. That first major special teams guy to start opening the door for other guys that are special teams specialists and make an impact on the game. So I, the, the three I think it will come down to for that fifth spot because I'm predicting five guys, Devin Hester, Willie Anderson, and uh, Jari Evans. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but that's just my prediction. And with that being said, the question, LL question today, you guys, give me the five guys going in your ring of honor if there was a 2024 class. If you were going into the 2025, 2024 Ring of Honor class for Notre Dame, who would it be? D-Rock Irish. Era, Lou, Montana, Brown, Bettis. I get no argument out of me. Not with those five. Coffee for close coffees for closers. My wife would love that name. <laughs> Theisman, Dave Casper, Joe Montana, Rocket Rice. So coffee's doing all players. No coaches. All players. No coaches. Nathan. Let's see, Nathan, who you got? Tim Brown, Joe Montana, Rocket, Jay Bettis. You need one, one more. Nathan, I gave you five. I gave you five. So you get one more. Let us know who you're adding to the list. Anthony Solomon. What's up, Anthony? Rockney, Era, Lou, Tim Brown, Joe Montana. It's not bad. You went with three coaches. Andy Nunn says Montana, Tim Brown, Tony Rice, Lou, Manti. Manti makes it in. Okay, for the first group. All right. All right. Hey, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We are not Marshall. Hey, man, we appreciate that, man. Thank you for your support. Yes, man, share the podcast, man, with your friends and family. Yeah, we're marching on. We're going to be over 4K soon, marching on to 5K, man, because of you guys. You're the greatest college football fan base in the world. It's not even close. It's not even close. Let's see if we have any more. Okay, Michael Park says add Todd Light to that list. And John Massey, our guy. Manti, Tim Brown, Michael Floyd, Bettis, Montana. Okay. Once again, going straight players. Uh, Thomas Adams, I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. Free was very sharp at the press conference today. Spoke eloquently, smart man. He will continue to grow as a head coach. I agree with you. And he believes that Notre Dame is going to win 35-13. All right. Yeah, my prediction, I gave it to you guys early in the week because it was put out or I had already turned it into IB. 
31 to 13 is my prediction. Definitely 31 to 13. Uh, D Rock, thank you for the update on the Kansas State game as well during the chat. Uh, it's nice to see former Notre Dame uh, target Avery Johnson, the true freshman at quarterback, you know, getting some run for Kansas State in their game. Ron Tuck puts his five out. We are not Marshall, puts his five out. Bavaro, Brown, Bettis, Mayer, Montana. Michael Mayer making it to the mix. Ron Tuck says, Bryant Young, Bobby Taylor, uh, Todd Light, Jerome Bettis, Ricky Waters. I like it. I like it. I like it. Thank you, guys, man. Let's get to it because the other side of this coin on press conference day was interim head coach Kofense Henson, and he was just as impressive. And believe me when I tell you, watching the entire press conference is worth it if you have not watched it. So go watch it before the game sometime tonight or early tomorrow. Kofense Henson, interim coach for the Oregon State Beavers. I fully expect him to be a head coach. I would love for him, to, after watching this press conference, I'm like, man, can we, can we get him on this staff? I was thoroughly impressed by this young man. And uh, this is what he had to say about Notre Dame. But then I'm going to play you a clip that was so impressive that I almost wanted to grab it and say, I wish Notre Dame could have this attitude. Here's Kavins Henson, interim coach, interim head coach for the Sun Bowl for the Oregon State Beavers on Notre Dame. Uh, well, when you put the tape on in Notre Dame, they're a really good football team. They're well coached. Uh, you know, defensively, they play with a lot of upperclassmen. I think they got like nine, ten seniors starting on defense, which is awesome. Um, and in college football, with it being so uh, transactional now, like you don't see that guys sticking through a program and staying for four or five, even six years now with the COVID deal. Uh, so that's impressive. That's kind of the program that we we think that we are a developmental program where you can get guys in the program and get them in the system. And so they're better for it in three to four years. Um, so I admire that from afar. Um, as a college football fan, I think Notre Dame speaks for itself. So it's, it's really cool and exciting to, to, to coach and play against them. Um, and in terms of, of getting ready for a quarterback that you don't have a lot of snaps on, you just got to dive into the tape. Try to find as much film as you can. Uh, with technology now, you can pretty much make a cut up of any player that's ever played college football. You, you can find as many snaps as they got. Um, and then you just, you just coach it from there. And at the end of the day, as coaches, all we can do is prepare our guys as best we can. And it's a player's game. Once you get in the game, then they, we got to be able to make adjustments. They got to be able to make adjustments. And then you kind of go from there. But Yo, I love it, man. Football is football, right? I love that type of coach, man, that stands for the media and is like, dude, I know you guys have questions. You want me to give you a great quote? You want me to be some, say something really eloquent that you can go to print with? Man, this is football at the end of the day, right? They got things to do. They're looking at our players. They're scouting our players. We're looking at their players, scouting their players. We got cut up to Steve Angeli. We're figuring out what we want to do, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, because he has weaknesses. We know they have a true freshman playing at left tackle. We have bookends that have been one of the best pass rushing uh, duos in all of the Pac-12 in the nation. We know our advantage, even though we're missing our linebackers, even though we're missing one of our safeties and a defensive back. We know we're down, but guess what? It's still a game. Our job is to get our players ready. 
I'm telling you, Vince Henson, man, he was absolutely impressive the way he handled that press conference, man. Just like Marcus Freeman, man, no excuses. Yeah, we're starting a third-string quarterback. You're getting no excuses from us, right? Love the way he talked about his team. I love the way he talked about Notre Dame because I can read between the lines. He's like, we watch film. Hey, regardless of whether or not both of us had opt-outs, we're coming to play. But, man, they got some dudes. And honestly, they might have more dudes than us. They probably have more dudes than us. He knows. He knows. Defense Henson. See, he didn't cop a plea. Remember last year when we laughed because we played the clip of your boy Dino Babers up there at Syracuse talking about Notre Dame bleeding into the game? And we were like, yo, this dude is already copping a plea before the game. He already knows what's coming. He already knows this beatdown. This offensive line is about to put on him and his smallest defense. He knows. And he's trying to, man, say sweet nothings in the media to get Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame to take it easy on him. Which they did not. Defense Henson, you can tell he's a competitor, man. He's like, dude, yeah, it, it is what it is, man. We know the advantages they have, but yo, <laughs> let's go. Kick the ball off. We'll let the chips fall where they may. Lucky lefty pie. Uh, well, when you. Well, I didn't want to play that clip again, but Defense Henson, look, this is, ladies and gentlemen, Watch this clip of this man being asked by the media how he feels coming into this game and has he talked about his team being an underdog to a program like Notre Dame. If this answer from this young man does not make you fall in love with him and his approach, I don't know what else will. Interim head coach, Vince Henson, talking about the underdog Label? Nah. I don't rock with that. Um, to be honest with you, man, I don't, I'm not into the underdog thing. I think it's really cliche. I think anybody anywhere can, can claim that. I just think it's got to be something inside of you that has the confidence to know that when you step on the field, you, you should have an opportunity to win a game. I'm not into throwing the underdog card out there to try to motivate. You know, if you're not motivated – to play in this game against this team on this stage, then I, I probably can't help you, you know. Um, so I don't really look at it that way. Our guys have confidence. We've played a lot of big games. We've played really good teams in, in, on our schedule. Uh, Notre Dame is another one. And, um, and honestly, it's about our process and our preparation. And I think any, any good team will tell you that. Like, it's, just, it's more about us than it is the opponent. Um, obviously, we got a lot of respect for our opponents. They give us an opportunity to see where we're at. Um, but I'm not so much um, – I'm more self-driven, I guess, uh, in terms of my message to the team and, and what I want their, their process to be than I am about, you know, what the outsiders think about this game. Because the game's not played on paper. It's not. And that's where you build the underdog story, right? You look at the roster, who they got coming back, who we got coming back, who they played, who they – I'm not into that. That's just not how sport is, right? You put two teams on the field, you don't know who's going to win. It always cracks me up when I look at ESPN and they got that percentage of win at this moment in the game. How you figure, I, like, I just don't understand how you come up with those metrics in a, in a sport like this. And so um, hopefully that answers your question, but uh, I'm not into the underdog piece. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, yo, hey, yo, 
Henson, Henson, hey, give this man an interview as your next head coach for your football program. Man, let me tell you something, bro. I heard that, and I said, let me listen to this again, right? Because there's only so far you can really go with that us against the world. That's why, dude, that whole stuff that Michigan was the victim role, Michigan players were trying to play this year, and all none of that matters in this playoffs. Nobody, nobody, Alabama doesn't care about that. You wear them t-shirts, you can the free hardball t-shirts, all of that. Wear it. Play the victim. Be the underdog. You got to walk on that field and stop Jalen Milrow. You got to walk on the field and stop that duo of running backs. You got to walk on the field and stop Isaiah Bond. You got to stop those bookend pass rushers. That's what you have to do. You struggled to stop Chop Robinson and the Penn State pass rushers. That's why you didn't throw the ball in the the second half. You can't hide from it now. You can't hide J.J. McCarthy in this game. No. Can't do it. All that underdog stuff, man, man, Kapins Henson, I could not have said it any better myself. Absolutely. The win probability thing during the game, that's for betting. You know why that stuff is there, right? For betting. In game, during the game, apps, all that stuff. That's there for business purposes. But, man. What he said there about the underdog, I agree, man. The story is on paper, and that's why it ends up on paper, right? The story ends up on paper because the story is only about what's on paper. Who's on their roster? Who's coming back? Who opted out? He couldn't, man, he nailed it. And none of that matters because at the end of the day, you got to play the game. Football or any sport is not one in a story. It's not one on paper. It's not one in an app, in an article. Football game and football games and sport are one on the field. And it doesn't matter what my prediction is. Doesn't matter what anybody else's prediction is. Hmm. We're gonna watch a bunch of 18 to 21 year olds decide the fate of their programs and their teams. In the Sun Bowl at 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon. That's what it comes down to. Competition, man. Competition. And unless you're a poetic laureate, this is not a competition decided on paper. It's just not. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. 
So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Had one more comment, and that was on his third-string quarterback and the confidence he has in his starting quarterback for the Sun Bowl. Um, you know, I, I think if you talk to a lot of coaches and they're they're playing with their quote-unquote third-string quarterback, there'd be some anxiety there. Uh, well, our guy started a bunch of games for us, won a bunch of games for us, played in big games for us, uh, and, and has been successful in big games for us. So I think really from a coaching point, we've got a lot of confidence in him. But more importantly, I think our players have a lot of confidence in him. And I think that matters more than anything. If the guys that you, you go play with believe in you, uh, that's a big deal. And so we have that with Ben. He's right. Ben Golperson, man, who's a starting quarterback, has played in big games for this program. So it's not similar to, even though, you know, he was third string behind uh, DJ Uagalele and Aiden Childs, you know, both who hit the transfer portal as soon as head coach uh, Smith left to go to Michigan State. You know, we can talk about his stats right now. He's played. So he won't come in. I don't think he's going to be rattled facing Notre Dame. Kid is 6'3", 215 pounds. Nice size kid. 2022. Yo, he had a 221 attempts for 195, 195 attempts. Completed 62% of his passes. Threw for 1,455 yards. at 7.5 yards a clip or per pass. Nine touchdowns. He does turn it over, though. Y'all see, this is... He nine touchdowns and five interceptions, right? Nine touchdowns, five interceptions with a rating of 134.8. And in 2020, limited snaps, he was six to nine for 64 yards with a touchdown. So there you have it. You have a young man that has played before, played in big games, probably won't be scared, but I'm not sure that he has enough around him. They have some missing offensive linemen that opted out. The running game, bolstered by that big monster they had in the backfield, he opted out. So I don't know if it's going to be a lot put on his shoulders if Notre Dame can shut that run game down early and let him throw the ball because the stats say he will throw the ball to the other team. That's what the stats say, right? He has a two-to-one interception touchdown to interception ratio right 10 to 5 usually 2 to 1 is good right but when you only have 190 attempts in your career mm, five interceptions uh, that's not the interception per pass or per attempt ratio that you might want so the Notre Dame secondary should be licking their chops, especially with the Oregon State. You know, even if they have their main guys, you know, you feel comfortable with Jay Mickey, Christian Gray, and Benjamin Morrison at defensive back. But early on, they're probably going to try Jay Mickey, especially deep. They're going to take some shots on him, try to set it up, go away from Benjamin Morrison. And, you know, Goberson, who's played, Big games and taking big snaps. You have to take his confidence, right? Pressure him, get him rattled, and then, you know, watch him kind of self-implode because he's shown 
that he'll throw the ball to the other team. But Defense Henson is very confident in his quarterback. Very confident in his third string quarterback. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. So let's get back to some more. We'll get to your GTB questions in a minute. I want to make sure. Tom Belork said, I can't believe I'm going to be rooting for Bama. That's a lot of Notre Dame fans coming up this weekend. Um, no, Florida State, no way they should have made it. And I look, at this point, they lost all my support when they started acting like whining crybabies, man. I think you guys had some more entries for the Hall of the, uh, the Ring of Honor. I'm trying to find those. Give me a second. Give me a second. There you go. Sean Paulus, my guy. I knew I saw yours. Tim Brown, Tony Rice, Rocket, Montana. And another vote. Another vote for Manti Teo. Another vote. Tom Belork, yours, Tim Brown, Rocket, Derek Brown. Nice. Bobby Taylor. Okay, and Tony Rice. Nice. Some new entries in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I agree, ND9. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, what he said about being an underdog. And a lot of times, I'm glad this just really brought something up in my mind, man. The underdog mentality that a lot of Notre Dame fans like to have. Because you know, in Notre Dame, nobody likes us. Everybody hates us. ESPN doesn't like us. None of the commentators are saying anything positive about us. And it creates this underdog mentality when the truth of the matter is Notre Dame is a top 10 college football program, right? With all the limitations, it's fair to say that Notre Dame is a top 10 college football program. And with all of that being said, man, it is a Something that I wish we could remove from the Notre Dame uh, fan base when it comes to the program. Because, like, we're not underdogs. I mean, we're underdogs when we face on the field, when we face teams like Ohio State or Alabama. You know, I don't feel like an underdog when we face Clemson. I don't feel like an underdog when we face USC. Right? And by the way, I saw a lot of Notre Dame fans on social media last night throwing a lot of love to Miller Moss. So I had uh, had to watch the game today. That kid doesn't scare me at all. Please bring him on. Please. I don't care how many touchdowns. Because he, you see he threw six touchdowns and you watch the game. You see short field turnover, short field block punt, short field another turnover. So it was like three of the touchdowns. Like people are making it seem like this dude was just marching up and down the field for six touchdowns. And I'm watching the game like, okay. And then I'm watching the game like, no, his arm is average. Like he's okay. He's pretty athletic, but his arm talent is average. I'm like, he's lofting balls that should have been picked off. And I'm like, please, if this, if this is the quarterback, that USC is going to roll with next December or next November, please bring that dude on. 
please, with the defensive backs we have, bring please bring them on. By all means, bring them on. And Malik and I, because I know Malik is going to bring this up. Um, all the Notre Dame fans, all of a sudden, calling Louisville trash. Come on. That's contradictory to what you were screaming at myself and Malik on this show. When we told you, despite the loss, Louisville, that they're not about to hold up. That, that team is they're not really that good. And the last four games, you know, because November is when you prove yourself as a team. They kind of show, they kind of show who they were. Right? All the little Dixie or the pixie dust, shall I say, dried up. They had nothing else than their magic wand. And you saw who Louisville really was. Right? Now, some of you might say it was a bowl game. They didn't care, this, that, and the other. All right. Okay. All right. And I have nothing. I'll do. Uh, salute to Miller Moss and what he put in in his first start. But if that dude with that arm talent is what we're going to face, I'm not scared at all. You know, Notre Dame fans were talking like, oh, my God. Dude, this kid is great. USC matchup is going to be tough. And I watched the game and I'm like, okay, bring some, let's bring some context here. Like, first of all, coaching matters because that was the first time all year that the USC defense actually looked competent. First time all year that they actually looked competent. So, Man, I tip my cap to the new defensive coordinator, the new coaches on the defense side of the ball for USC. You have to agree. Lincoln Riley needs to – Reggie Brooks said this, right, when he was on with us a couple of weeks back. Marcus Freeman needs to do a better job of understanding the other side of the ball. And I feel the same way about Lincoln Riley. He needs to do a better job of understanding the other side of the ball. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, dude, let's be honest. Louisville lost to USC. They lost to Pittsburgh. And they lost to Kentucky. Uh, three bad losses, dude. So, yeah, man. Update, B-Rock Irish, thank you. Avery Johnson must be looking good. K-State has 28 points. I know I got Kenton Gibbs, who's a bit always with us right here on Lucky Lefty Podcast, is probably throwing everything. His Kappa Canes, hats, he's probably tearing up the crib watching his North Carolina State Wolfpack trail kansas state in the fourth quarter with 248 left yeah if you guys go watch his post game show over on locked on wolfpack it's i'm sure it's going to be very entertaining 
Oh, that's good to hear. Avery's killing it. That's what's up. Notre Dame made a push for the kid, too. They did. Kansas State did a nice job holding on to that kid because Notre Dame definitely made a push. And this was before Kenny Minchie reconnected with Notre Dame and eventually joined the class. And Notre Dame made a late push at Avery Johnson. And uh, I'll say one thing about, about him, man. He has some – his hair is all right. He has some flowing locks coming out from under that helmet, man. He – if he can play, he's definitely going to be box office in Manhattan, Kansas. Definitely he's going to be box office. John Massey, you must be telling lies on this podcast. There is no way the Pistons are beating the Celtics by 19 and a half. Are you kidding me? The Celtics had to rest like five players for this to be happening. Guys, look, you know how I am. I always let you guys in on my life, right? So my baby girl, she's getting ready to go back to school, man. And uh, yes, she's a USC Trojan, you know, but I still love her. I have yet to put on, you guys will be happy. I've yet to put on any USC apparel in four years. Be proud of me, right? But I got to dap up my baby girl in the middle of the show. It's our little, we do our thing when we leave each other. Have a safe flight, baby girl. We love you. I'm a father before anything, guys. Not even this show comes before me being a father. Sorry. Had to get that done. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I started to put up a 20-second transition and get up. But they say safe travels, baby girl. She said, thanks, guys. She appreciates you guys. But we had to get our little handshake in before she left. Um, so where are we at, man? Predictions. Yeah. What are your predictions for the game tomorrow? You gave your best bets. You gave me your ring of honor. What's your prediction? What's your prediction? Give me your scores. I already said mine is 31-13. We had a 35-13 earlier in the show. And, um, what's your predictions for the game? I just talked to Malik as well. Malik. He told me I could share with you guys. He actually moved today. A blessed year, TV. You know, we've been blessed and uh, continue to be blessed. What we do here on CFB Nation. Yo, God is good. God is good. We're going to be launching our merch really soon. And uh, our Patreon. Hopefully you guys support that. But God has been extremely good to us and our growth on this show. So we thank you for your support. And with that, you know, him and his family were able to move. I don't know if it was the penthouse in the sky like the Jeffersons, but it was definitely something that they were looking forward to. And today was moving day. He thought he would be finished. He apologizes. He wasn't able to uh, finish up. They're still doing some things. And uh, he said he'll see you guys early. I knew he was going to say this. He said, I'll see everybody early tomorrow. And give him, he's going to give you the three keys to victory, keys to a dub. And then he's also going to give you his clean sheet. He's going to give you his first 15 plays or the layout for the first 15 plays for Steve Angeli and Gino Gadulli as the play caller. All right. So congrats to Left and his family on their move. And uh, yo, 
I'm so happy you guys got to see my relationship with that little girl, man. Y'all pray for me, man. She walks across that stage in May, and I am going to be an emotional wreck. An emotional wreck. Flat out. All right, let's get some of these scores. Anthony Solomon, 34-13. Notre Dame, Marvin Bell, 31-17. Irish, B-Rock Irish, 27-13. Irish, okay. Sean Paulus, I got. Notre Dame, 34. Oregon State, 13. Yes, very close to my prediction. Tom Belork says 21-17 Irish. Look, man, let me convince, convince Henson, guys, really has me feeling like Oregon State is going to come out and really compete. I don't think they have the horses to hang for four quarters. But, man, convince Henson really makes me feel like, yo, this Oregon State squad is going to come out prepared. and They're going to make Notre Dame really play. Ryan Loftus, 49-17. Of course, you know, we would hope that Notre Dame will play hard regardless of the opponent. B. Hart, 1074, 34-10. I'm assuming 34-10 Notre Dame. Tristan. Tristan Marks, 28-13. I'm assuming Irish Vanilla Chill, 34-17. Irish Ryan Loftus says, blowout is going down. Everybody, we appreciate it for the congrats to Left and his family. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. Tyler Binge, 31. Lilo Galante, my guy. I saw your comment about, hey, man, you, you already know. Connor Bedard is the real deal. That's all I need to say. Connor Bedard is the real deal. We're talking NHL MVP. In the next three years, Connor Bedard is the real deal. They just got to get some talent around them. That's all. They have to get talent around the kid. Yes, Michael Parks, I agree. Definitely look out for trick plays tomorrow. Hey, Mag says 105 to 3, Notre Dame. <laughs> Man, can they put the sticks down? 105. Coach Henson is going, man, you have to give up that stick, bro. You have to give up that joystick. When it gets to, if it gets to 50, give up that joystick. Good Lord. Can you imagine if Steve Angeli and Notre Dame puts up 50 tomorrow? Woo, that post-game show is going to be bananas. And, dude, you guys know I am very neutral on the Riley Leonard situation. If Steve Angeli. You guys can prepare. If Steve Angeli puts up 50 points tomorrow, you already know left is going to go crazy on the transfer portal thing. Now, you already know. That, that would probably send him over the edge. Like, dude, I told you what we had in the room. <laughs> he would probably go over the edge. Yes, Tom, Malik will explode. If if Steve Angeli puts up 50 points tomorrow, man, that dude will go insane on the postgame show. Insane. John Massey, that's funny. You're going to miss yelling at Maris. Miss Simons. 
Oh, man. Oh, man. You guys are the best, man. Hey, that's a good bet. That's a pretty good best bet. Go Irish Nate. Defense special teams will be good for 14 points. Larry is pretty much saying that's not going to happen. He's going to be quiet as a mouse. <laughs> Eric Spadell, thank you for the super chat, man. 42 zip. We're going into 2024 smoking. Go Irish. I couldn't agree more. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Let's get to a couple of questions, man. We got to the super chat already. I got John Massey. Do you guys think the administration is starting to turn the corner? They paid dollars for Mike Denbrock and even allowed a non-graduate transfer. In. I think when Marcus Freeman met with the media and uh, he let us in on the fact that the conversations that needed to be had with the administration have been ongoing for over a year, going back to the middle of last season. And um, I think the recognition by Marcus Freeman of what needs to take place, the willingness to have the tough conversations, and then being willing to step out in front in certain situations and, for lack of a better phrase right now, kind of fall on his sword in front of everybody, bought him a lot of credit in this Mike Denbrock situation. And I think it buys him a lot of credit moving forward as well. I really do. And with the change of the guard with Pete Pavakla, and his willingness to understand uh, marketing, sales, promotion, taking the program to the next level, exposing the program even more than what Jack Swarbrick did in building up the brand. And he did a really good job. He did a fantastic job. There's a lot of flaws and faults where we can point to Jack Swarbrick, but he took Notre Dame as far as he could take Notre Dame to the best of his capabilities and the best of what he believed in. And he had enough integrity to say, we need to go further, but I might not be the right guy to do it. So you have to tip your cap for that and tip your cap for the way the administration quickly handled. You heard Marcus Freeman say that, the way they moved quickly. That's huge. It wasn't just the fact that they got Mike Denbrock and did what they needed to do. They moved quickly in doing so. And I think that is a direct reflection of Marcus Freeman, him identifying what needed to happen, him being willing to have the tough conversations and the administration getting on board and saying, yo, we have to have our head coaches back moving forward. And they showed that. That's a great question. Appreciate the question. Great show today. Appreciate you guys. Man, we're back at it tomorrow morning. I'll post what time we're going to be on. Myself and Malik, he'll have his keys to a dub, his clean sheet. We'll get his prediction. And then we'll talk some other stuff, man, and have fun. We might even have a guest on to talk about the matchup. You know, as always, <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. 
You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Right, Petty Junction, Petty Story Today, brought to you by Nora Whiskey, norawhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, norawhiskey.com. Um, Petty Junction, normally we laugh, we joke, but uh, today on a Petty Junction, man, I just feel like it's really not a laughing matter, man. It's really sad that in the age that we live in, the times that we live in, we still have to deal with some of the same crap, man. Some of the same crap. Jalen Milrow is a starting quarterback for Alabama. He's not your typical quarterback. He's very unconventional. But uh, he talks about his former offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, who I think is absolutely horrible. And I've heard he's a bad person. I think he's even worse as a coach. Jalen Milrow, take it away. I'll get to it on the other side. You know, all my life, even when I was in college, my own offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, told me I shouldn't play quarterback. So, you know, there's a lot of things I can you know, had motivation on, and that is something I had motivation from. What was your reaction to Bill O'Brien telling you that you shouldn't play quarterback? Do you remember how you felt when he said that? How would you feel if I told you you suck? Probably wouldn't like it. Okay then, so that's, that's exactly how I felt, you know what I'm saying? So like, biggest thing for me, be true to myself, and you know, be, stay the same, you know? Nothing changed about me. The only thing that changed me about it was I had the opportunity and I seized it. And so, uh, for me, you know, the biggest thing was just, uh, stay true to myself and, uh, you know, add a bigger purpose to anyone's opinion. Is there a position he wanted you to play or said you should be this position or that position or he just... I mean, he, he, I mean, he told me a bunch of bits that I could have switched to, but look where I'm at right now. So, you know what I'm saying? So who gets the last laugh? Bravo. Bravo, Jalen Milrow. 2023, we still have idiots that don't want to coach. We still have idiots that don't want to coach and have the nerve to tell young men what they can't do when your job is to pull the best out of them. And we're still doing this unconventional type quarterback, type cast and stuff, still in 2023. Same stuff Jalen Hurts heard. Same, Lamar Jackson was told at the combine, change positions. You saw what he did to Brock Purdy in the 49ers, right? He's fresh off a of Heisman, gets to the combine. He's told by the, the Bill O'Briens, the Bill Polians, you can't play quarterback in the NFL. You need to change positions. This type of stuff still exists, people, and it's sad. It's absolutely sad. I talked about this the other day. I feel like the transfer portal is making coaches lazy. Because when you have to develop players, you have to coach. They want ready-made players. That's why they're going in the transfer portal so hard. Some of it is business, right? 
the pressure to win games, right? Having players that can make an impact quicker. I understand that part. But what happened to embracing the job of coaching? Kevin Henson, you saw it today, the situation he's in. He's not even going to be the head coach for Oregon. He's an interim head coach. He knows the situation he has facing Notre Dame. He knows they have more horses. He knows he has major guys opting out. He knows he has a third-string quarterback. But he doesn't want to hear any of that talk of underdog. He's a competitor. He's embracing the opportunity of coaching against Notre Dame and leading his team to victory. That's what a coach is supposed to do. And you have this clown that actually has a job in the NFL. No wonder the quarterbacks for the Patriots are so bad. No wonder that offense is putrid. Because you have an idiot like Bill O'Brien. It's ridiculous. Bravo to you, Jalen Milrow. And everybody out there, this is a life lesson. Let me tell you something, guys. Everybody watching, you are good soil. Don't ever let anybody tell you that greatness can't come out of you. You are good soil. You are worthy of the seed that's been poured into you and the things and the talents and the gifts that have been given to you. You're good. So go pursue greatness. Go get it. Go possess it. It's yours. You can do it. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't be what you want to be. It's not just about Jalen Milrow. This is about everybody. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't. The fact that you're you is good enough. Be you. That's good enough. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Peace. Love, happiness, until tomorrow morning, I'm ending on that note. Make sure you have a great night and continue to spin it different. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.